Mark 5 and 35. What an honor it is to be here. Love this place. Love Salem. It's even better when it's not raining. Lord, please let it quit raining. I really want to go fishing. Lord, I want to go with Brother Mac Todd so we can catch fish. I have fish right beside him with the same kind of pole, same lure, dropping around the same tree, and he catches one and I don't. I don't know what's going on. I finally just said, won't you throw me one of them fish so I can at least tell my wife I caught one. Mark 5 and 35. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith to the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. I'm going to be preaching to myself so y'all can listen in. But I want to speak to somebody in this place and tell you, don't be afraid, only believe. Be not afraid, only believe. You see, the devil knows that he's not going to get me back into the, the drug houses. He's not going to get me back at the bar. He's not going to make me fall in other areas. So he tries that he can try. And he tries to put fear on us. Come on, everybody in this place, if you're honest with yourself, you're dealing with fear. And in a day and age that we live in, I'll just be honest with you. I was listening to the news all the way up here. I never, I was so aggravated when I got out of the truck. You don't know who's lying and who's telling the truth. You just pick the one that's not lying the worst. Right? So here we are in this world. 
We don't know which way the economy's going. We don't know which way our family's going. We don't know which way our health is going. And it's hard not to be afraid. Anybody else ever have too much bills and not enough money? Huh? Oh, I thought that was just us Archies from Arkansas. And we're people of the name. We're people of faith. So the tactic is to put fear on us. Would you lift your hands? Father, in the name of Jesus, well, I feel him right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord, I need you to help me right now. I need you to touch my mind and my voice and my body. God, speak to me. Speak to me, God. Speak to me. It's not about me. It's all about you, Jesus. God, I need to hear the whisper of your voice in my ear, Lord. God, I need to hear you in my heart, Lord. Move upon me, God. Oh, it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, oh God. There's none like you. There's none beside you. Hallelujah. Come on, I feel it. Come on, just entertain that just for a minute. Hallelujah. Come on, everything can change in a moment right now in his presence. Come on, in just one moment in his presence can change you for an eternity. In the name of Jesus, you may be seated. A ruler of the synagogue, a man named Jairus, he comes and he falls at the feet of Jesus. Now, I can only imagine how desperate he must have felt and how afraid he must have felt because the Bible says his daughter was so sick that she was at the point of death. So he comes to Jesus and falls at his feet and he begins to plead with him to come and lay his hands on her so she can be healed. So Jesus goes with him and, and as they walk, there's a crowd that begins pressing all around him. Now, can you imagine how Jairus was feeling? He's trying to hurry up and get the healer to his house because his daughter's almost dead, and he knows that her only chance is if he can get Jesus there in time. But at that moment, there's somebody else desperate in that crowd. There's a woman in the crowd who for 12 years has had an issue in her blood, and she has suffered many things by many physicians. Boy, I'm, some of my greatest sufferings have been at the hands of a physician. When you got all this, I walk in their office and they see a brand new bass boat. They're like, sir, can we get you anything? Like a donut, you know. And the Bible says after all this suffering at the hands of the physicians, she has spent everything she had. And she isn't better. She's worse. But the Bible says that she hears that Jesus is over right over across the street over there. And she begins to press through the crowd. You see, this was an unclean woman who had an unclean disease. 
and she wasn't even supposed to be where she's supposed to be at. Come on. She wasn't supposed to be around the men. She, I could go into a whole litany of things that she wasn't supposed to be doing. But one thing she knew that Jesus was there. And she knew that her only hope was in Jesus. And if somehow she could just press her way through to Jesus and touch his clothes, that everything's going to be all right. You see, sometimes you just have to throw protocol out the window. Come on, sometimes you got to forget about who's watching you. You got to get rid of your pride. Sometimes you just got to get desperate for Jesus. Come on, God is ready to get desperate for us, but he wants to see us get desperate for him. This woman knew who this was. This was the one the prophets had said would come with healing in his wings. And she knew she had to do everything she could to reach him and touch him. Now when she finally presses through the crowd and she gets to Jesus, now the Bible says she reaches up and touches his clothes. So she must have been on the ground. And immediately the fountain of her blood is dried up. And this woman feels on her body that she is healed. And Jesus feels the virtue leave his body. And he wants to know who has touched his clothes. Come on, the Bible says she felt in her body that she had been healed. I just wonder how many times God has touched our bodies. And we feel like he has touched our bodies. But by the time we get home, that feeling's gone. And in creeps fear and worry. When God has already done the work, He's just waiting on us to do our part. Mark 5 and 32. And He looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before her, him, and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. This woman is afraid. She's at the feet of Jesus, trembling. He not only tells her that she's healed, but he calls her daughter. He went further than just being her healer. Come on, he's letting her know, I'm your God. I'm your Father. I'm not only going to heal you, but because you have believed in me, you're also going to leave here in peace. Come on, somebody. Don't be afraid. Not only is the healer in this place tonight, but the peacemaker is in this place tonight. Come on, the peace giver is in this place tonight. He's ready to speak to your heart. He's ready to speak to your soul and tell you, peace, be still. You see, the opposite of faith is fear. Devil's biggest weapons are not the sins of this world, which that's pretty big ones, but it's fear. His goal is to come into our homes, to come into our lives, and send in a spirit of fear. Because that way, he can steal our faith and disrupt the flow of God in our lives and in our homes. Fear is contagious. 
Come on, it will spread like wildfire. Spirit, a spirit of fear will take over homes. Then it will move into groups of friends and utterly stomp out the miracles and the move of God in our churches. That's why Paul said, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. The devil knows that he can rob us of our miracle. He can rob us of our power. He can rob us of our peace in our mind just by getting us to be afraid. And if you'll notice, the Scripture always calls fear a spirit. And all through the New Testament, we're given examples of our dominion over spirits. Acts tells us that we will receive power after the Holy Ghost has fallen upon us. Now this doesn't mean that the enemy can't come against us. This means that we have the power when he does that we stand. Come on, in our flesh, we can't fight him. But in the Spirit of God, come on, when we get on our knees and we begin to intercede and we begin to pray, come on, and we begin to get in the Holy Ghost and we begin to speak with groanings that cannot even be uttered, then we get and tap into the spirit realm of God. Things start flowing over into the natural from the supernatural. And that's when that power begins to reside in us. See, as Jesus is speaking to this woman, he's just told her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Someone from the house of Jairus comes up and says, Your daughter has died. Don't even trouble Jesus. You see, at that very moment, in the midst of this miracle, doubt and fear is already trying to raise its ugly head. See, Jesus hears them, and he knows what he must do immediately. He must come against this spirit of fear. He says, be not afraid, only believe. And he goes into the house of this ruler, and people are crying, and they are weeping at the death of this girl. Now, Jesus makes all of those folks leave. Have you ever noticed you can get around a bunch of negative folks and you can be fired up and in about 30 minutes you're like, pass me the straight razor. Because it's contagious. You're like driving over the bridge thinking, You got to get rid of all that stuff. Come on, if you're hanging out with people that's like that, you need to get away from them. Come on, if you're hanging out with somebody and all they see is gloom and doom, you need to say, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Because Proverbs tells us the power of life and death is in our tongue. You're going to speak death, you're going to get death. But I refuse. I'm here to speak life. I'm here to speak life into the Mahaney home. I'm here to speak life into the Salem Apostolic Church. So Jesus makes all of them leave. And I like how he takes the parents and he goes into this girl and he walks up to the body and says, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And immediately 
I dare you to start searching through the New Testament on straightway and immediately. You want to see how God works? God doesn't work on board meetings. Well, I don't know if we should do this. They might think we're crazy. Well, the good news is I am crazy. So let them think all they want to think. Jesus walks up and immediately this girl gets up and begins walking. Someone in this place needs to speak against the fear. Come on, that the devil's been trying to send against you. Come on, before this night is over, if it's your health, you need to say that's it. Because the proverb says that I have health in, and with, G, with God. Come on. Come on, if it's your finances, I tell you what, try to outgive God. You want blessed? Come on, our tithe, he already expects our tithe. So you're not going to, I'm just, I hope I'm not stepping in. You're tithing, you don't pay it to be blessed. You're thankful because God has given you the money that you made. So you don't even count his 10%, but you want blessed? You start giving in the offering. That's opened up this, the, the windows of heaven. And he will pour out a blessing upon you that you cannot contain. This church is on the verge of the greatest revival the world has ever seen. Come on, miracles, signs, and wonders are about to be taking place. Come on, the devil knows that his time is short. So he's been pushing harder than he's ever pushed before. So he's trying to throw a spirit of fear upon his people. Come on, he's trying to throw a spirit of fear against us. But I'm here to tell you, like a beacon shining brightly in a dark night, Jesus is about to step on the battlefield of unbelief. He's telling us, be not afraid, only believe. Come on, it may seem hopeless. It may even seem dead. Be not afraid. Just believe. Because the King of kings and the Lord of lords is about to step onto the scene. The devil has tried to kill our joy because he wants to kill our praise. He's trying to kill our faith with fear. And Jesus is about to come walking across the waves of fear and disbelief. He's about to speak to your problems. Be not afraid. Doctors say one thing. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Just believe. Be not afraid. Only believe. I remember... It's been about three or four years now. If y'all remember, Maddie came and had all them braces and clunking around here. Clunk. We took her to the doctor. She was walking on her tiptoes. And my wife said, she told me, I feel like I need to take her to the doctor. This is something's going on. 
So we get Madison to the doctor, and the doctor said, I don't know what got you here, but you couldn't have gotten here any faster. So they come up with this long word and said, we're going to have to run some tests. And what they did, they put her at first in hard cast, hard purple cast, hard ankle hurting cast. And we're traveling in an RV, right? And she's got two casts, one on each leg clunking through there. I told my wife, she was in them casts for six weeks. I said, if they tell me I got six weeks to live, put me with a little girl and cast. Because that was the longest six weeks of my life. You couldn't stretch six weeks out any longer than that. So I take her back to the doctor. And it's always bad when they say, Mr. Mahaney, yes, we need to speak to you out in the hallway. I thought, I don't think I was going through anything in there. <laughs> you know what he told me? He said, we're very afraid that she's going to lose all of her movement from her waist down. I didn't know what to say. I'm just going to tell you. When I'm talking, I, I, I can say this because they're not here. Well, I'm talking about a little girl that come out of abuse. God only knows what all she was, went through as a little child. And now here she is with this. Me and my wife, we didn't even talk on the way back from the hospital. And we were staying at the campground, Arkansas campground. We just sitting there on, on our golf cart. And one of the elders pulled up. And when he, he didn't even say anything, we just burst down in tears. And I, ref, I refused to believe that. My wife and I, y'all can believe that some of the stories if you want, but I don't really care, to be honest with you. But they happened. I was laying in my bed. And I've encountered some demons in my time. <laughs> and one woke me up in the middle of the night. And when I tell you it was unlike any spirit that I have ever encountered up to then and since then, it was like he was a king or a prince. And he looked at me and he pointed back there to where my granddaughter was. And he said, I can do anything I want. And there's nothing you can do that's going to stop me. I began to pray because I said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Leave. You know what it said? No. Try that one on. Huh? Hold on. I'm evangelist Nick Mahaney. Did you not hear me, devil? I said, leave. He goes, uh-uh. My wife woke up and began to pray. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you're in your flesh. He's not afraid of you in your flesh. You know what the Lord spoke to me and said? Tell him about your friend. I said, all right, you win. You're stronger than I am. 
But I got a friend. Let me tell you about him. You know what it said? No! I said, my friend is Jesus. And my friend said, you had to leave right now. Come on, that, that devil began to back out. And I said, my friend is Jesus. Don't, hey, come on, you got a friend. His name is Jesus. You need to quit worrying and trying to do it on your own, but you need to rely on your friend named Jesus. It's not by we can do. It's not by my might. It's not by my power, but it's by His Spirit. Sayeth the Lord. Well, you've seen her now. They told us she'd been in the cast for three years, those braces. One year. We walked in that, that office. He put her up on the table. He looked at her and he said, walk down the hall. She just, you know, something like that. Me, it'd be more like He made her do it four or five times. His exact words to me, he said, I do not understand this. He said, she's fine. Huh? Be not afraid. Come on, only believe. Two years ago, well, it's been about a year or so ago, I kept feeling something telling me, you need to get your blood checked. I mean, my blood's fine. I thought. <laughs> it's hard to believe some guy like me could have problems. Huh? <laughs> me and old Colonel. So I went in to get my blood checked. And I'm on my way to the Holiday Youth Convention. It's a Friday night, and they're having a miracle service, and they want me to pray and speak faith. So I'm fired up, you know. And, it, and this is before the service to all about two or 300 of the preachers and leaders. I just pulled into uh, the, the Flying J. They got the best chicken wings. I, have you ever had them? Oh, my goodness. I mean, they're like, you know, whoop, and you just chuck the bone out the window. And I'd polished off my 12-pack of chicken wings. And the phone rings, and, and the doc, it's the doctor, right? Uh, they said, are, are you sitting down, Mr. Mahaney? I said, yeah, I'm driving. I, I said, I try not to drive standing up. <laughs> she said, you have the highest triglycerides we've ever seen recorded. Got to be good at something. <laughs> she said, your triglycerides are 8,270-something. I said, uh, pardon me, what was that again? <laughs> she said, your cholesterol is almost 500. 
Yeah, oh my. And, yes. I'm like, man, I knew I shouldn't have ate that chicken wing. Anybody know what an A1C is? Mine was 15.8. And all they keep saying is, you feel all right? I'm like, man, I feel great. Well, you got to go see this doctor. You want to talk about somebody's faith crashing? I just sit out in my truck. They're in there waiting on me to pray. I thought, Lord, what am I going to do? The Lord spoke to me and said, when has it been about you? You go in and you speak faith. We had all kinds of things happen. So I go back to the doctor, and I finally got my triglycerides down to like 1,800. Hard worker. And that doctor told me, you know what he said? And I'm revival. He said, you love your family? I'm like, well, you love your family? Of course I love my family. He said, you might need to tell them bye because if you don't change some things, you're not going to be here in five or six months. Ooh. I was in a revival. I was in my trailer by myself. And I was in walking around my trailer on the off night praying. God, I, I, I didn't even know what to do. I took that report and I laid it out on the, t- on the table of my trailer. I said, there it is, God. I, I don't even understand all this stuff. They said when they pulled my blood out, it turned white. Had so much fat in it and, 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 and gelled up in the little vial. I said, I don't, even, I don't even know what's going on, Lord. And the Lord said, I got this. And I felt this presence behind me. I... I Forgive me, Lord. It felt like, you know, the force. (laughs) I said, forgive me. (laughs) I turned around and it stayed behind me. And I'm like, you know, I'm I'm not real bright, so I was like a dog. But I could feel this power. And I called my wife. I said, Sandra, I think there's an angel in the trailer with me. I laid down and I went to sleep. I could feel it at the end of my bed. I got up and walked over to the church to preach. And the pastor and his grandson walked up to me. God is my witness. Hits the ground. Because that angel was with me. He said, my God, what is this? I said, I got an angel with me. (laughs) I hope he's around here somewhere. I went to the doctor in exactly 30 days. And that doctor come out and he said, Mr. Mahaney, you need to write a book. I said, on what? Being fat and having diabetes? He said, I've never seen this in my lifetime. He said, I'll never see it again. It's impossible for someone's A1C to drop all the way to seven in 30 days. He said, your cholesterol is normal. Your triglycerides are normal. He said, what happened? I said, 
Thank you, Jesus. You know what he said? Amen, brother. Hold on. It got a little worse. I'm just going to tell you. I go to the doctor next month, but you know what? I've been fighting fear. Come on. I refuse today and after this afternoon in my trailer. I said, I've had enough. Come on, though he slay me, I'm going to trust in him. I just believe that something's about to change in my body. Come on, I believe that he is still my healer. Come on, I still believe that he has control over the things that he has created, and he created me. He, he designed this. He can heal this. There's a, there's a pastor. I'm about to wrap it up. There's a pastor in Arkansas. Their last name's Manchek. It's a weird name, but... And uh, they had a son. His name is Hunter. When Hunter was born, he was born with a tumor at the base of his skull. One of the rarest forms of cancer they said they'd ever seen in a child. And they said, we don't know what we're going to do. We've got to let him grow a little bit before we can operate. Sister Manchek told me this in her own words. She said, I went home, and I could hear my husband travailing in the living room, crying out to God. They said that we fasted and fasted, and in about three or four days with him still in there travailing to God, she said, I was laying on my bed, and God spoke to me and said, open up your Bible and turn to Psalm 46 and 1. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Listen, no matter what, God is our refuge. Come on, the seas can roar and the mountains can shake. I looked up refuge in the English because that's what I speak. And you know what it means? It means a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit or danger or sheltered from trouble. Come on, God is a place that we can run into and be safe and sheltered from any kind of trouble. Then verse 10 says, be still and know that I am in God and I will be exalted among the heathen. Sister Manchek told me that God spoke to her laying on her bed and said, you be still and you know that I am God because I'm going to be exalted among all those heathen. He turned three years old. They took him to the Arkansas Children's Hospital. They said, now, after we get through with this surgery, don't be alarmed. He won't be able to cry. He won't be able to do a lot of things that he was doing. She said they brought her back to recovery. She heard this kid back there just screaming, kicking, throwing out, throwing a fit. You know, you know, y'all know what pitching a fit is? 
kicking, pitching a fit. She said, well, that's my kid. She walked in there and she said that kid was going nuts in that bed. The doctor looked at her and said, we don't understand this. She said, I do. My God said, be still and know that I am God, that he will be exalted. Come on, God's about to lift up some of your problems. Come on, God's about to lift up some of your sickness. He's going to show the heathen that he still is God. Come on, don't be afraid anymore. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Come on, when the storms of life are raging, you just hang on and you believe. I want us to all stand. I know this is a little bit different how I preach. And I wasn't planning on preaching this. Can I tell you what the Holy Ghost is speaking to me? Come on, you look the part. Nobody can tell that you're going through anything. You put on the facade. You know, we're good at putting on our Pentecostal outfits. Thank God I'm, I, I love apostolic holiness. We got our pride. We come to church. Shake hands. Nobody even knows that we're going through anything. We shake hands. It's good to see you. Hug each other's neck. And you get home, and there's that thunderhead over you. And that fear comes in and just it squeezes you. You can't even breathe. Come on, I'm, ta- I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you from experience. I mean, what, what's going to happen if something happens to me? What would happen to my family? That fear is grabbing you, taking your breath. Because fear is afraid of you. Fear is so afraid that you'll realize who you are. It's so afraid that if you ever realize that you're one of God's children, I've come to the conclusion, you know what? The worst thing could happen, I'm going to go to heaven. So I'm not going to be afraid. The seas are roaring at you. Come on, it's been pounding against you. But you have to humble yourself. You know what that be still and know that I am God really means? It don't mean like. It means quit running around. Going here. Going there. Hey, I need advice here. I need him. No, shut up and be still. Let God speak to you. Because when you're bouncing all around, confusion comes in. All these voices start talking to you and you get confused. Be still and know that He is God. We got to get rid of our pride. You know who you are. 
I don't want everybody to rush the altar. It's mainly all us. You've been in such a battle. I feel your pain. I can feel it right now. I feel the weight pressing me down almost to the ground. Come on, don't sit there any longer. You know who you are. Come on, if I'm talking to you, I need you to step out. I don't want everybody to step out just to be stepping out. Just hold on a minute. Come on, if you've been in such a battle, come on, your mind is just in turmoil. You try to, you try to put your mind on God, but you can't because everything is just coming into your mind so fast. Come on, you need to step out. Come on, who are you? Come on, he's waiting on you. Come on, it, it, it's just pride holding you back. Come on, he's going to take care of it. Don't be afraid. That's what faith is. Faith is trusting in him. Come on, faith is trusting in him. Oh, I don't even know. I don't even know if I can make it another day. My friends think I got it all together. Everybody else thinks I've got it all together. But I'm so deep down in the pits of a storm right now. Now, if you're really a body of believers, it would hurt you so bad to see these people down here that you can't even breathe. Come on, prayer warriors. Wait. Come on, they, somebody needs your help. Somebody needs that hand of it. God's going to heal it. Somebody needs that hand of encouragement upon you. Come on, they need to feel you put their hand on your shoulder and say, you're not in this by yourself. Come on, I'm with you. Come on, we'll pray. I'll fast. I'll pray with you. I'll do whatever I have to do. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to make it.